From the land down under, Joshua Webb has come to the antidote. Thanks for taking time for us. Hey, you're welcome. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Like, <laughs> do Aussies ever get tired of having Australia called down under? <laughs> well, probably. I mean, I'm not an Australian, actually, but I'm from New Zealand, which is down under as well. So, yeah, I guess I'm kind of used to that. <laughs> we always thought down under because we're right down there, you know, above Antarctica at least. But, yeah, <laughs> so we go with that. So when was it that they kicked you out of New Zealand? Uh, I, I probably, once they weren't giving me the, I guess, best opportunities in terms of making money. <laughs> so there was, um, grass was look green on the other side. And like, I'm one of many Kiwis that have moved over here. Yeah, just bigger opportunities and better financial climate, I guess. But the lifestyle's good here too. Now, I usually ask an artist about their music roots, but you actually made that easy because you laid it all out on J-Dub on your system. I did. I mean, it says a lot, like really a lot. Maybe before we play the track, you can fill us in about it. Yeah, um, J-Dub on your system, I think that song was inspired by um, other, I guess you could say, white rappers that had some kind of fun quirky kind of theme songs so it was one of my older songs i wrote around was it 2006 five six um yeah so just playing around with lyrics and yeah just kind of letting people know where i'm from what i'm about kind of thing so a bit of a theme song and to kind of let people know i guess about what was my nickname i got working in hip-hop workshops um i was giving people called me j-dub um obviously with my initials being JW. At school, I was named DJ Josh because I kind of started as a bit of a DJ. And I had my own top 20 countdown. And I, it was back at high school in 99, I think, where I had cassette tapes and people sending them to people um, with, hey, it's DJ Josh with the top 20 countdown. <laughs> so I kind of <laughs> I had ideas of maybe being a radio DJ, which I didn't you know, pursue in the end. I kind of had that name, but I thought it was a bit ordinary. So I thought, hey, J-Dub's pretty cool. We'll run with that. So it was kind of solidifying, um, I guess, that new nickname I had at the time. Well, that's why I'm trying to get it straight. So at points, you have gone by J-Dub instead of Joshua Webb. Wouldn't yeah. it just be easier to stick with a single performer name? Yeah, because um, at times I had, like I had just J-Dub, but then I decided I thought my name sounded quite good, like Joshua Webb, and that I wasn't just rapping, I guess. There's a couple of songs I sing on. Um, mm -hmm. I thought I just ended up preferring to stick with my name, and I think that's fine. Like, um, I mean, Eminem, Marshall Mathers, what's his real name, but... You know, I had the Slim Shady. So there's sometimes you can have an, other nicknames. And so I guess I kind of use both, maybe. Like, it's kind of like a shorter abbreviation of, of Joshua Webb. Just call me J-Dub. But officially Joshua Webb. So basically, people can go with whatever they want, just listen to the music. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. So J-Dub on your system comes from your just-released album, Rushing to Wait. But I want to go back to last year's release, Kingdom Rap. With a title like that, you must have been intending to market it to Christians. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that was the focus of, of that album. The songs were born through, I guess, my time, particularly working in like youth ministry at a mm-hmm. church where we had Friday night events. So I wrote songs a lot. A lot were just like to perform and kind of outreach, you know, places around the community and stuff. So it was kind of a collection of um, songs I had come up with, which had a, a more ministry Christian audience focus. Well, even though you were really aiming kingdom rap at Christians, it includes some rough songs like (laughs) Society is a War Zone. That's brutally raw. I mean, it's about suicide and abusive partners. The final line is Society is a War Zone. Youth are lambs for the slaughter. Why do you think that way? Um, I I think that way because... I reached out to someone and that was their life story. I was in a church and a youth ministry, which was very to the point. And we went into communities and there was dark places and things like that and testimonies share and all that kind of thing. So it was in that environment. Um, I just thought that, I guess if that line used to lands for the slaughter, yeah, it's quite heavy. But I thought how dark the world was and how, um, people like that person were brought up in these environments and it's like they didn't really know better. They didn't know that there was like a better way in terms of relationships and stuff. And I think they were almost like on a hiding to nothing. So, you know, it's just a, a culture and we're seeing it more and more with young people, you know, how the society, the values have dropped in, you know, They promote promiscuousness and drugs and alcohol, you know, of entertainment and nightlife and all that kind of thing. So I think that there's a big lack of um, direction amongst youth. So I think it's a lot lot of those ideas and way of thinking. You're not taking that on as a personal project, are you, to improve society? (laughs) Uh, Oh, of course. I think with... um, you know, in terms of my writing and, and stuff, I'm wanting to write songs, inspire and show people a better way. Um, definitely with songs, you know, other songs that are on that album, I think, you know, show that as well. You know, I think I've been sort of pigeonholing you into the rap realm, but really you do quite a bit of singing in your songs. But I do find it pretty amazing how many Christian rappers have become really incredibly popular. There's guys like NF, Derek Minor, Trip Lee, and of course there's Lecrae. Oh, yes. But I want to find out from you, does that make it harder or easier for Joshua Webb to make an impact? Um, I think it. I think it's easy. It just shows that there's definitely a lot of interest in, in Christian rap and, and rap being used as a tool, like a preaching tool as well. So I think that's encouraging that people are open to it and are listening to you know, Christian rap. So, yeah, I take inspiration from those artists. Meaning that there are more rappers than Drake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's great. I think we need more and more because there's a lot of rappers out there in the world for all sorts of language and all sorts of messages. But, um, yeah, it's really good when there's um, Christians are listening to, you know, clean rap and also messages which can inspire them. Kingdom Rap included Champion. You even released three different mixes of that track. 
But what was it about the song that made it so popular? Yeah, um, maybe it's the inspirational message about being strong in your faith and that, you know, we're champions in Christ, like we've got the victory. Um, the cool thing about the gospel is that Jesus talks about that through the word. It's like um, the end is knowing that we have the victory, It's which you wouldn't want to share if you were making a film or something like that. You don't want to know that the ending or a sports match, you you don't know who wins till, till the end of it spoils it. But there's a big spoiler in there that we have the victory. I think we kind of need that, um, you know, just to encourage us to, to keep going through all the troubles. That's what I think about. Um, and it make it making it personal as well. Can't bring me down. I'm a champion. You know, fighting for the victory. I'm born to win. So, yeah, just like a declaration. I think people like that. I think it's uplifting as well as I think the song sounds cool as well. You said that champion is personal, and it definitely is when it says, I wasn't born to lose, but be a winner in life. While the haters try, cut me down with words like a knife. I've got the confidence that comes from deep within. I've got God on my side, so in the end I win. Earlier on, it also says, I've overcome all obstacles, the giants in my way. You really make it sound as if you were being persecuted. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, definitely, I think you, I, I've gone through a lot of like rejection, you know, growing up, being different. Well, different in which way? Because of your faith? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely at school, like I did mention about bullying and the album version of that song, mm-hmm. you know, so I was physically bullied quite regularly. A slim dude, <laughs> you know, so it seemed to be a natural target for bullies and as growing up. And um, so, yeah, even in the church and with rap music and things like that, sometimes because of my style, maybe not being gangster looking or, you know, fitting the mold or people's perception of a rapper. I think a lot of times I was left out in terms of, you know, the bigger opportunities and things like that. So I was always felt like I kind of had some to prove almost, which just made me work harder and, and harder on my craft. Well, you brought up the point about being white and doing rap. And I actually had somebody once say that for a white guy to do rap is cultural appropriation. And it's like, wow, I never would have thought about that. Is that an overreaction? Um, I just think that from my experiences, I mean, you know, encouraged me a lot was when I went to United States and I was at... um, a big African-American church. Um, I had the opportunity to rap to the youth there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they received it so well. And yeah, it, they were on their feet jeering. And I felt so encouraged being this white guy from New Zealand to to be in America from the race of people that created rap. So that really was a uplifting moment for me because, you know, I didn't even get that from my own church people, <laughs> you know. So yeah, that, I found that quite interesting experience and you know those things definitely encourage you you just spoke about coming to the states to perform which is really cool i wonder in your own country is it difficult to tour oh yeah australia is like a continent <laughs> you know so yeah you're gonna have to begin on airplanes to to go from city to city so it is yeah it is tricky to to get around and quite costly so unless you've got a really good tour plan 
um, sorted. I guess growing up in New Zealand is a bit different because it's quite it's a small country, so it's a lot, lot easy to get around <laughs> to, <laughs> to shows and stuff. It's true. Australia is sort of massive. I find it interesting how your songs often include guests, like on We Can Make a Change, D Rookie, and Ramina Webb. So I got a guess, Ramina, your wife. Yes, that's right. Yes, it's great to have her featuring on that song, as well as Lost Souls. Now you got to tell us, <laughs> how much did Ramina charge you for her to sing on the song? Oh, um, <laughs> I got a freebie with that one just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> She's very supportive, and I think it was sometimes was a case of like, oh, I'll just sing it because it'll save money getting someone, <laughs> someone else to feature on it. And she's great on it. Oh, thanks. We got to move on to your new album, Rushing to Wait. I like it because it isn't a duplicate of Kingdom Rap. You change things up. I mean, it has these bright, happy songs, but it also has a few dark ones, like what you did with Turn Up the Pain. Is that actually a true story? Yeah, absolutely. I did change the name of the people in it, but um, yeah. Again, I I wrote songs as a story of of what actually happened. Is that tough to relate topics like that in a song? Like, is it emotional for you? Oh, yeah, it's very emotional. Yeah, so it gives a lot of drive behind the song when it's real, when you're talking about that kind of stuff. And um, I think it's, it's really good to get it off your chest, you know, and let people know what's really going on and, how things can be better. You have a big range of styles, <laughs> and this is really noticeable on Rushing to Wait. You go all the way from the aggressiveness of Mosh Pit to this 70s pop sound on every day. I, I mean, how do your fans feel about that? Um, give for your feedback. People really enjoying, I guess, a bit of a variety on the album. I mean, not everyone's going to like everything, but... Um, I'm just putting out music that I I love to create. And um, I've just written such a range of songs over the years. And yeah, I just wanted to just start releasing some of them. And yeah, you can't quite do like heaps of albums of all different styles. So um, yeah, I wanted to put something like Every Day on there. It was one of the first songs I ever wrote. And as well as songs like Mosh Pit. Yeah, I think they're being well-received anyway. I, I kind of see the album as more of a pop album, kind of like, you know, pop mm-hmm. rap, you know, which obviously pop is, they call it like a genre, but it's all types of music that's I think true. may have like a catchy chorus or something like that. Um, so that's how I kind of see the album, you know, because I love all types of music. So I've been inspired by all types of music over the years. and So that's a reflection of that um not sticking to a genre or being just a hip-hop artist or being pigeonholed as people always try and do so um it can work a little bit against you in terms of the niche side of things but yeah as i'm getting older now it's just like i just want to put the stuff out there and you know i've got fresh ideas for different sounding songs and stuff and projects to come so i think every album will be quite different and every song even is different so i think 
that's quite exciting because when I put out a song, people have no idea what it's probably going to sound like until they listen to it. <laughs> you just like throwing out surprises. Yeah, exactly. I def- definitely have some more in, in the pipelines, which will keep challenging people's perception, or I guess, of me as a of an artist or <laughs> make it really hard to put me in a box. Well, you also surprised me just a moment ago when you brought up the point that Every Day, which is on your latest album, was one of the first songs you wrote. So yeah. have you like brought a collection of songs together that you've written over the years? Yeah, that's what I've done. Both those albums are exactly that. Um, so they're like confirmations of songs I've written over the years and chosen them for the album. So Every Day I wrote at high school with a friend and yeah, it's taken so long to finally release it, um, to get it out there. So, yeah, that's that's what it is, I think. And that's what Rushing to Wait, I guess, has been about. Um, always kind of trying to find like, the perfect time, but then realizing that perfect time doesn't seem to be coming and you're not getting younger. So let's just get them, <laughs> let's just get them out there. So, um, which I mentioned on the song Bounce Back, you know, I've been rushing to wait. Um, kind of like always wanting to release it and then postpone it for whatever reason and then it's got to a point where now let's just they just get them out there and, and it is what it is well i guess we've already determined that you're not a typical rapper and i think a good example of you not being typical is that so much of your music could actually be used in a club this stuff is definitely danceable yes i i've always loved dance music i remember first time i heard a synthesizer and in a music shop and as a, as a kid and it's like, mom, this is so cool. Can we get this? So she went and bought this <laughs> secondhand one. <laughs> yeah. Which didn't sound cool at all. <laughs> and I got piano lessons, <laughs> you know, which wasn't so exciting. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I've always just liked dance music, but not that I've been someone that would go to clubs being with my Christian upbringing. <laughs> um, so I would just be in my bedroom with headphones on cranking it up dancing by myself a lot of the time to dance music. <laughs> so, yes, very different upbringing in terms of that music. So I, I love to incorporate that in my music. I actually have, like, a remix album for Kingdom Rap and Rushing to Wait, and I call them Reimagined, which is, like, the cool word these days. Um, so they have a lot more dance mixes and dance versions of the songs on that as well. So, yeah, I, I love that type of music and, yeah, like to make more of it. Would you say then that you had a fairly rigid upbringing? I mean, some Christians are so easygoing about going anywhere, seeing anything, seeing any kind of a band play, and others are quite a bit more rigid and they want to have very fine parameters that they would follow. Yeah, I think so. Because it's a dark world out there. <laughs> so here you got to be careful. When you're young and that, you can be ignorant of a lot of things. So it's good definitely to have perimeters and stuff particularly when you know who you are in god and you know mm-hmm. your purpose yeah your focus is a bit different so for me it was more like friday nights would be was was younger like with the youth and and the outreaches and stuff like that more like god purposes mm-hmm. rather than you know going out and partying and that kind of scene um which is kind of seen a bit like the devil's kingdom <laughs> in the clubs <laughs> I used to feel that way until I realized that the majority of Christian bands play bars. 
And I was really opposed to that when I first realized. But then one band said to me, he says, well, where would Christ be ministering? That was a slap upside the head. And I went, I totally understand. Yeah, it totally comes into heart condition, like why you're going there. So my talking about entertainment, you know, my viewpoint. But if you're going there to minister, that's a different thing. And so I've performed in bars and cafes and those kind of places as well and club venues, mm-hmm. you know, so that that's very different. I'm going there to reach out with my music rather than go out partying. Something that I found interesting is that you have released one style of music that's actually a rarity in Christian music because love songs rarely come out. You know, sure, I mean, Christian artists have love songs to God, but dealing with human love is unusual. And the thing is, you didn't do that just once, but you did that a couple times on the new album. Rushing to Wait includes I'll Be There For You and How I Love You. Okay, so you got to give me the answer. Why are Christian love songs so uncommon? It could be to do with the market, maybe. I guess all the how people label Christian artists. It seems like if you're doing a love song about a woman, it's like a secular song. So there's Christian artists that have, but yeah, you're right. It's not as common. But then again, I, I do a few on radio, I think. So I don't know. Um, but I think it's really good because we're to to love our, our spouse. <laughs> They're a blessing. And yeah, it's nice to have some songs about them. I guess I've been brought up on listening to a lot of pop music and Christian music. And New Zealand didn't have a big Christian music scene. So if you wanted to really get out there and to bigger opportunities, you had to have more kind of mainstream theme songs. So mm-hmm. I think it was more all of those inspirations that, um, inspired that i mean the song how i love you is a song i wrote for my wife and because sometimes people like sing at their wedding that i wanted to do something a little different so um to actually release a music video at the reception Mm -hmm. so we filmed it it was um my wife's from the philippines we got married there so there was a crew that were filming it on the day and they were also editing it and so yeah, at the reception at the end of the night, they played the music video. So that's, that's, so, <laughs> so yeah. So sometimes there's just different reasons why you create a song. So sometimes, yeah, you just have different ideas being a creative person. I need to know something. How many points did you get for doing those two songs for your wife? <laughs> <laughs> because you get bonus points for things like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My wife's funny. She might have, might have thought this might, might be a little cringy. I don't know. It's got the <laughs> romantic lyrics. My introvert wife kind of, yeah, maybe didn't really talk much about it. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if I really won a lot out of that in the end. But, yeah, it was a nice way to showcase our wedding and our story. I want to circle back to something you said just a moment ago about the Christian music scene or lack of in New Zealand. But doesn't New Zealand have a big Christian music festival? Oh, yeah, they, they used to. I, I was cool. I got an opportunity to perform at that a few times. and I Parachute? Got, yeah, I got yeah Parachute Music Festival. That's no longer happening. It stopped several years ago. That's too bad. Yeah, it's too bad. But Parachute Music Festival was huge. It was We had around 25,000 people. 
um, go to that. So in a small country of one to five million people, yeah, that's pretty good turnout. And um, mm-hmm. so we had a lot of the big acts from America. So I got to meet one of my inspirations, like John Foreman, switch foot a few times, and mm-hmm. they came and played. And Israel Helton, you know, Israel and New Breed, and yeah, Family Force Five, and all the favorites. Yeah, yeah, kind of favorites, and that inspired me in some way. There's not a lot of opportunities, you know, in terms of more weekly stuff. Um, and particularly if you're more of a rap artist, you, you don't go around so much opportunities of performing in churches or things like that, um, you know, that type of music. So therefore, yeah, I looked at opportunities, obviously, making more circular-style songs to do more gigging and stuff and get out there more. And that, a lot of those songs are on um, the album Rushing to Wait. Well, that's the thing with Rushing to Wait. You could be playing this for a Christian audience or mainstream and they would still connect with the song. Because you write on more than one level, and that's certainly the case with Oxygen. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, Oxygen, um, that basically, the whole idea of it was a worship song, like an intimate love song to God. Um, but it's kind of packaged in a way, which I guess people may not necessarily pick that up and could see it as an intimate love song. <laughs> Um, just a mm-hmm. fun puppy dance song. So yeah, it's quite quite unique song, catchy, fun. But the heart of it was writing about God. So yeah, it's packaged in a way where it can be on more of a secular thing type. I mean, or focused album that can be playing out to non Christians, and, and they really enjoy the song. You and I have been talking about how your music could just be work with both a mainstream market and also with Christian. But really, have you ever thought about actually taking the Christian aspect to it one step higher and make it bold and upfront? Oh, yeah. Well, I've written uh, like worship songs as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not just a, a rapper. I'm a, I'm a songwriter. Um, I probably just rap more because I, I rap better than I sing. <laughs> so I'll sing some demos and I'll think, oh, okay, if it doesn't suit my voice, I'll get someone else to feature on it. So um, I've been working away the last few years on a worship album, So, um, which is a little unique because it has, you know, worship song you'll hear, but there'll be like a rap in there, kind of thinking back to what Lecrae did with Chris Tomlin. Right. So um, I'm working on that kind of project. So, yeah, I'm very boldly Christian. <laughs> um, and with that album, I mean, I think Kingdom Rap's pretty obvious. And there's definitely hints um, of to my Christianity and songs on the Rushing to Wait album as well. But yeah, just for this worship album I call Collaborations to the King. Mm. Um, yeah, it's all about Jesus. And I, I take inspiration from an artist like from New Zealand, Brooke Fraser, doing solid worship music. But she had pop success in New Zealand with you know her solo albums years ago, and some of them were just worship songs. She was a good example of kind of crossing over or impacting both audiences so trying just trying to make quality music that you know sounds really great as well as having you know great lyrics i think that's always the the goal and that's going to be your future is that you're going to do the world tour with your worship album (laughs) (laughs) it would be nice if you could hook me up with some people (laughs) that would be cool but i'm very excited about some songs on there for sure with more of my wife singing on a, a couple of them as well. So, um, and different artists I've collaborated from around the world. Yeah, it's getting there. I'm home to release it early, early next year at some point. 
So cool. Yeah, definitely excited about that. And, um, you know, see what God has for that project. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Joshua, thanks for coming. This has been a great talk. Yes, no, thanks very much for having me. It's been really lovely chatting with you. And, yeah, I hope people enjoy the music we're putting out and keep going.